Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the lore mistress and lore master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, dear travelers. I am your lore mistress, Mary Sybil, and I am sure that you undoubtedly noticed a distinct lack of lore master this time. As we have to, on occasion, the Lore Master is out this week. He has some other things to attend to. So, here I sit, alone in the tower. Our tavern keeper has brought me a lovely pot of oolong and apricot tea. The fires have been stoked, curtains are drawn, so grab a seat and listen as I tell you about a body of water. Or perhaps a water of bodies? So we had a question in the Robots Radio Discord, um, in the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast channel, asking whether we had covered the River Styx or not. We had not, until now. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey down the River of Blood through the Lower Plains and give you a bit of lore about it. So, by the end of this episode, you will know all that you need to know about it, assuming you are smart enough to keep its cursed waters from touching you and that nothing lurking below decides you should join them in the depths to be swept away, both in body and mind. The River Styx, also known as the River of Blood, is a deep river with a swift current that threaded its way through the lower plains. At surface level, the waters seem to move more slowly, sluggishly oozing along, but below that calm facade is a subcurrent that could drag swimmers and even boats to the bottom very, very efficiently. The waters are a dark wine color, churning with putrid odor, drifting up through the air as the greasy foam and debris floats by until it lodges somewhere along the banks, which are already lined with festering putrefaction of bodies and remnants of the battles fought along the river's course through the topmost layers of the lower plains. It is without a doubt absolutely foul and disgusting and I cannot stress how gross it is. <laughs> In addition to being awful and vile, this river has some interesting and unfortunate effects to nearly anyone that touches it or drinks from it. I know, I know. I wouldn't drink from it either, knowing what I know, but I am the lore mistress, and I've 
little bit of a different perspective than the wandering travelers traversing the lower plains on some quest that seems to have brought you somewhere horrible. I mean, just picture it. Your water ran out days ago. You've been desperately hoping to find something, anything to quench your thirst. You happen upon the Blood River, its noxious scent rising to meet you as you approach, acrid and sharp in your nostrils. But then again, it is water after all. You swallow dryly. Uh, Your throat feels like it's being raked with shards of glass, and your cracked and bloody lips begging you for just a small sip, anything to ease the thirst. So, you do, because desperation can and will break everyone, eventually. So the mistake's been made, because it only takes a single drop of water, a small touch, a small taste, to make you forget everything about your past life, including your personality. What is effectively the feeble mind spell, pretty much, um, on drinkers that can't resist its effects. Uh, This requires an intelligence save. Those that are able to resist it still get some memory loss, but it's only of the prior eight hours. Um, And casters can keep their prepared spells, but they may not remember that they even had them in the first place. So you still got them, you just don't remember they're there to use it. There are ways to reverse the memory loss, though. Um, It requires very powerful magic, uh, spells like Heal, Miracle Wish, or Limited Wish. Um, The only known natural remedy to regain these otherwise permanently lost memories is a very rare bloom called Desert's Night. Uh, This flower can only be found in the realm of Set, who is the greatest evil power in the Mulharandi pantheon. He is the literal deity of evil um, and is in the realm of Anquagat in Stygia. The waters of the River of Blood were capable of temporarily erasing the information from the Book of Exalted Deeds pages. Uh, It would be then rendered completely inert for up to a century. The Book of Exalted Deeds is described in the Dungeon Master's Guide as the definitive treatise on all that is good in the multiverse. The fabled Book of Exalted Deeds figures prominently in many religions. Rather than being a scripture devoted to a particular faith, the book's various authors filled the pages with their own vision of true virtue, providing guidance for defeating evil. Now I know all of this sounds extremely terrible. And why would anything or anyone want to spend their time around there? It's clearly not a place we're going to be taking our yacht to go on a cruise, but there are some beings that are immune to the effects of the river sticks and some that know how to safely traverse it. The only fiends naturally immune to its effects were hydroloths, marinoloths, amunizus, and wastrelets. The Sawagan received a blessing from Sekola, their shark god, that allows them to be immune to its effects. So at the headwaters, where things are more shallow, you'll find larger versions of things like quippers, eels, lampreys, snails, crustaceans, etc. All of those sorts of things. Also, Stygian linorms and Styx dragons, which, if you want to learn more about these guys... um, 
join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndlorecast, where we have several tiers of support starting at like $5 and up. You get access to a dragon sword of content, including legacy episodes that are no longer available in the main feed. I will be discussing these two dragon beasts that live in the river sticks on the Patron Plus episode for this one. So anyone traveling here is advised to make use of the highest ranking Yugoloths called Marinoloths that are charged with piloting the boats that sail the river, or to make use of the ferryman himself, Charon. The Batezu would employ Ocelots, or Bone Devils, as boatmen. Traveling with one of these dudes, though, is absolutely not for the faint of heart. Uh, for lack of a better way to put it, they're kind of badass looking. Uh, they have these like long pointed claws. Um, it's a devil whose flesh is like drawn too tight over like really sharp angular features, you know, spikes and spines on their faces and protruding all along the back of their heads and down their spines. They're absolutely terrifying and of course beautiful because we know I gotta, I got my love for the monster boys. I gotta love them. So if you need to make use of a boatman, you can summon or call them through the use of a spell. Um, and if you do it this way, you get an instant answer. They answer back within seconds. You can do this by using spells like Blasphemy, Summon Monster at 8th level, or Holy Word. But you're not going to be making that trip down the river sticks safely for free. You're going to be charged about 100 gold per person. Um, but you won't be able to bring any cargo, have to pay in advance. Um, and they are the most reliable navigators on the River Styx, which also makes them pretty good at occasionally taking passengers into a trap laid out by a third party with, you know, deeper pockets. So maybe tip your boatman or boat thems. Pay extra, you know, it just might be the thing that keeps you from dealing with the, uh, you know, minor inconveniences of an ambush on a cursed river. If you happen to be looking for a bargain, however, you could consider traveling on Orthus in Carceri, where the Marinoloths charged a lower price. That is, unless you were leaving the prison layer. Um, that, that would cost you at least 5,000 gold points each. Aside from the fiends that I've already mentioned, uh, they're also petitioners that are available to transport you down the river. Now, petitioners are souls that happen to be deceased and ended up on another plane of existence entirely, and sometimes, rarely, but it's not impossible, um, a mortal finds themselves working as a fairyman, fairywoman, or a fairy them, whichever you prefer. So whatever the nature of these beings, though, they're adept at navigating the dangerous waters of the River of Blood and will take travelers from, you know, plane to plane, so long as you have the coin. You get yourself a competent navigator, pretty much any point along the uh, banks of the river is going to be reachable within a day. And you will also be able to find a kind of safe-ish dock in uh, the Pazunian town of Broken Reach. Now, before you ask, if you have not already... Um, about just, well, why don't I just step over it, or fly over it, or I'll have the barbarian launch me over it, you know, 
what have you, because we know how this goes. So any non-natives that attempt to walk or fly over the River Styx risk drawing the unwanted attention of the uh, hydroloths, which are an amphibian type of eugoloth, or the amnizu. Now, the amnizu are also known as Styx devils. These guys are the ones that are charged with protecting the River Styx. Uh, they're a powerful greater devil that are completely immune to the river's effects, but are also capable of inflicting those effects as well on unfortunate folk that choose to cross them. Another frequent visitor of the River Styx is Gorilic. He's the former Null deity who came to drink from it periodically. Um, he does so in order to forget his defeat and eventual replacement by Yinogu, who is another demon lord. With that, I'm going to take us to the middle of the show. When we get back, we will discuss the cosmology, geography, how all of this ties together, and how the sticks ties to different planes together, go over a couple rumors and a little bit of the history before, you know, before I have to leave you for the day. Welcome to the middle of the show, where things are very middly. First, I would like to say a thank you to our patrons. You guys are awesome. Um, could not do any of this without you, without your support. It means the world to us. Um, anything that goes to Patreon, we are using to have artwork done, to have the Dungeons & Dragons lore cast, magic item of the week, etc. book worked on. Um, goes back into us just kind of building and adding on more stuff. So that we can keep doing what we love and bringing you guys as much possible content as we can. Um, so if you, you know, want to uh, support us, like our most recent patrons, Grim Vance, Dylan Vincent, and Marcus Aurelius, um, you can join these guys over on patreon.com slash dndlorecast. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, the TikToks, like everywhere. Same same name, DND Lorecast. And if you don't use socials, you want to send us an old fashioned email, you can do that at dndlorecast at gmail.com. Or join us in the Robots Radio Discord, where there is a Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast channel. So, also, we are now going to jump over to the DMs Guild. We've been sitting here talking about the uh, River Styx and all of the things that are involved with it. So, what I have for you is a supplemental book called The Champions of the Blood War from Jeremy Melul and Sergeant Breyer. It was designed initially um, to go with Descent into Avernus, but it can be used by, you know, players, DMs, and like any campaign, anywhere that you need to throw in some demons and devils and yugoloths and, you know, some of the other nefarious elements. Um, Everything in here is supposed to have been written with, you know, functionality in mind and being able to plug it into anywhere that you needed it. It includes two new backgrounds, the cultist and the reclaimed soul, 12 new subclasses, one for each class, and 11 new spells related to demons, devils, and yugoloths. Um, has a ton of new player options. The artwork in here is absolutely stunning, and it would just add so much flair you know, throw a little bit of extra flavor text on there. It's a low price of $4.99. So link to that will be in the show notes. 
And with that, let's hop back over and talk about the wear of the River Styx. River Styx is located along the topmost parts of the lower planes, connecting them to one another in the Great Wheel cosmology, and connecting all the fiendish planes according to the World Tree cosmology. Now, I'm going to discuss its placement within three of the cosmological models. Cosmological model is just that. Um, it's, these, it's a theory that's created by mortal sages um, that's used to help make sense of the multiverse. The world axis, common during the post-spell plague era. The world tree, outlined in the year of wild magic, which was 1372 DR, but was invalidated by the uh, rearrangement of things that occurred during the spell plague. And the great wheel, which was very prevalent during the mid-14th century until the post-second sundering era. So 1482 to 1487 DR-ish. And it was used as an alternative uh, to the World Tree cosmology. According to the World Axis model, um, River Styx, or River of Blood, flowed through the Abyss and the Nine Hells, and then dumped out into the Astral Sea. In the World Tree cosmology, it is called the River of Blood. Um, it wound its way through all but two of the fiendish planes. Um, its source was thought to be somewhere in the Abyss, and it flowed the strongest there, the Blood Rift and the Nine Hells. It then found its way through the Barons of Doom and Despair, Clangor, Fury's Heart, Hammergrim, and Nishrag, before eventually spilling out into the Faded Depths. Uh, the only planes not connected by the river are the Demon Web Pits and the Supreme Throne. In the prominent alternative, the Great Wheel Cosmology, um, which was popular in the post-Second Sundering era, um, the Great River crawled through the uppermost layers of the seven lower planes in this model. Um, these planes are Pandemonium, the Abyss, Carceri, Hades, Gehenna, the Nine Hells, and Acheron. So the headwaters and several tributaries are located in Penderos, which is the uppermost layer of Pandemonium. Here, its effects are not quite as strong as on other planes. So the accidental touch or, you know, when the, the violent winds that are whipping across this plane are throwing like spray and mist up into the air from the river, it's not going to cause you to face that same terrible fate that you would further down it than there. The main point for demons fighting in the blood war to embark was on Dural in Orthrus in Carceri, the river mingles and it kind of weaves with the canals and bogs where its foulness just kind of soaks into the ground in the area and taints all of it with its magic. It is in the Oinos Lair that the banks of the Blood River were a battleground for the Blood War. And as it crossed this wasteland, it came within sight of Keen Oin. Uh, this is the plain seat of power that is also known as the Wasting Tower. On the Kalas layer of Gaena, the river raged, showing the wild nature of its treacherous waters, rushing along the gorges and canyons here at like exceptional speeds, and then hurtling over enormous waterfalls. Um, while it sounds like it would be awesome for like you know 
red water rafting, I guess, uh, sailing here is extremely dangerous and is not advised. In Bator, the Styx was engorged by the streams of blood flowing throughout because of the endless battles there. Its main course connected to the fifth level, Stygia. Here it carves its way through the great frozen sea. This channel is the only open water there, which is also pretty perilous. You know, what with all the icebergs, the fiendish sharks, and the uh, Sawagan attacking the boats. Here, there is also a little-known offshoot that some people say doesn't even really exist. Uh, supposedly runs through the trenches of Nessus and into a pool called the Forgotten Lake. But as the name implies, no one really knows how to get there. In the infinite battlefield of Asheron's top layer, Avalis, the sticks would flow up out of one cube's face, travel for miles, then disappear down into a crater, only to reappear somewhere on another cube entirely. Now, I am going to stop here to explain a bit more about this plane so that that makes sense. Um, and also, just because it's kind of neat, I did in fact say cubes. Uh, the land masses of each layer of this plane are cubes. They are literal blocks of land kind of floating in the air in this weird, well-orchestrated dance. In some places... Here, it would flow through the face of one cube, then go hurtling down into another one in a tremendous and deadly waterfall. Sometimes it would just change its course randomly, drowning entire cities and washing away their lives and their memories. Near to the entry of Avalis, Rhizmus, which is one of the cubes there, um, is engulfed entirely by one of these waterfalls. What this does is this causes Rhizmus to rust and also to absorb some of the amnesia-type properties of the river. Deep, deep, deep within Rhizmus, the Doomguard had a mining facility where they used the rusted, imbued metals to forge consumptive burst weapons infused with negative energy. On another cube, the Reached Mark, the river's course is extremely extremely and consistently predictable. It runs completely uniformly on all six sides of the cube. And from here, the river pours off each side of the cube to a different specific plane. Each face takes on the characteristics of the plane that it's connected to, making navigating here somewhat easier and also allows passengers to kind of, like, you know exactly where you're going to end up when you depart from here. There are several vortices along the river that are linked to the elemental plane of water, and in this model, um, the sticks did not flow all the way out to the Astral Sea, but you can get there uh, using one of the many, many portals along its banks. So let's talk a little bit about the history, and I'll tell you a couple rumors that we heard about the River Styx, and I'll be on my way, and you can be on yours. The River of Blood is a central part of the Blood War. Uh, anywhere that the river flowed, War was likely to follow. Its banks became bloody sites where raging battles were fought and waters were further stained red. 
Mordekainen even commented on its importance in the war. There are many theories about why it is called the Blood War, but I believe the branches of the River Styx act like blood vessels that circulate conflict throughout the Lower Plains. It is said that uh, via this river, some of the demons were able to enter Avernus from the Abyss, with Rechtmirk also being a potential point of infiltration, but with all those cubes and easy pathways to follow. Um, but it, with it being, you know, it's connected to both ends, both planes. And even though those are on opposite sides of the massive cube, it's usually only used for drills or for, you know, troop recruitment. It was during the late 1400s that a fellow we've covered before, the ranger Minsk and uh, the cleric Neris, fell into the foul flowing waters of the river after getting tangled up with some blood rovers in a heist in Avernus. Now, while Minsk had his entire memory completely wiped, luckily for both of them, Neris was able to resist the river's effects. The actual origin point for the River Styx is not known for sure. There is one rumor that says that the waters start their journey at Winter's Hall, which is the realm and palace of Oriel, the goddess of winter, on Pandesmos. It's said that a mixture of melting snow, divine poison, and the blood of a tortured deity flowed into Pandemonium, where the evil energy of the plains slowly like infuses with the waters uh, and their evil kind of taints it as the river flows, infecting everywhere that it touches. It's also rumored that uh, if you happen to be in the area and, you know, maybe you're going to pick up some of that silt that lays along the river bed, it's rumored that it contains the memories of everyone that has ever lost themselves to the river. Now, this material can be very valuable to some folks. Uh, it is something that the Shadar Kai are very interested in acquiring from adventurers, as it is sometimes collected in order to attempt to use it to gain favor from the Raven Queen, or to perhaps convince her to bestow a boon on you. So that, my friends, is the coverage of the River Styx. Again, I appreciate you spending your time with us and hanging out. You know, um, it means the world to me, and I'm glad I get to do this for you. So, until next time, dear travelers, may all your 20s be natural. A lot more natural than it feels for me to say that, because that just feels weird and sounds weird. Safe travels. Thank you for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at D&D Lorecast. Or jumping into the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.